Today on Awaken to Grace, I'm in part two of a sermon called 100 Years From Now. We are in Psalm 90. We are learning what the Bible teaches about numbering our days. And we're talking about the things that matter. To get there, we first have to decide what doesn't matter. And you know what? The things that hinder us in life, the things that hold us back from growing spiritually, things like worry, doubt, stress, grudges, bitterness, anger. Oh, friends, these things, they are not going to matter 100 years from now. So why do we let it affect us the way they do today? Well, the Bible teaches us how we ought to live, and I don't know a better chapter on this than Psalm 90, and it is my joy to walk through it with you. Well, friends, if you are enjoying the teaching from Awakened to Grace, oh, I'd love to hear from you. When listeners send me an email, oh, I can't tell you how it makes my day, email me right now, Pastor Chad Roberts at gmail.com. If you would like to send a letter, well, you can always uh, mail me at Awakened to Grace, 707 East Sullivan Street, Kingsport, Tennessee, 37660. Well, friends, I'm so glad you're listening. I can't wait to share today with you. Connect with me at Awakened to Grace. Let's go to Psalm 90 together. I would read those passages where Jesus would rebuke the church. And in my humanity, in my frailty, in my immaturity, I would read that and I would think, Jesus, could you not give your church a break? They're doing the best they could. They lived in pagan lands. They suffered persecution. They didn't have the Christian bookstores. And they didn't have oodles of copies of God's word. Most congregations probably did good even if they had a page of the word. Could you not have cut them some slack? And as the Lord matured my faith and as the Lord matured me, now I join And I say, oh, God, give me all of your encouragement, but also, Lord, give me all of your correction. Give me all of your rebuke. Give me all of your reproofs. Show me, God. Teach me. You get a heart that says, teach me, and you're on the path to spiritual maturity. Teach me to what? To number my days. You know what I find interesting in the Bible? I find it interesting that overall, the Bible does not teach us to measure our life by years. You really don't see the Bible teaching birthday celebrations or anniversary celebrations. Not to say those things are wrong. They're not. But here's what I think Scripture would correct us in. I am concerned that in our culture... Because we measure by the year. You know what I think many times happens to our culture? The years slip through our fingers. 
We get bitter at somebody. We don't forgive someone and two years turns into five, five into seven. And all of a sudden, it's been a decade that you've held on to bitterness and years have slipped right through your fingers. You get callous toward the Lord. You get apathetic. You get lazy on the Lord. And all of a sudden, two, three months of missing church turns into half a year, which turns into two years, which turns into five years. And before you know it, you're completely out of church and away from the Lord. Why? Because time slipped through your fingers. How many of us know the older we get, the faster the years go? So how do you prevent years from slipping through your fingers? Here's the biblical answer. Number your days. Begin to pay attention to every day. Begin to understand that for every one of us, God has given us these little windows called 24 hours. And you know what's amazing to me? You think of the most important people on the earth today. You think of the movers and shakers. You think of the influencers. You think of everyone that is the most important individuals living on the earth today. And guess what? They have the same 24 hours today that you and I have. Across the board, God has given the exact amount. What are you going to do with yours? We have to learn how to count our days. Number the days, not the years. And when you do that, what happens? Then decades don't begin to slip through your fingers. The Bible teaches to number your days, not your years. Now, what's the result? If I'm going to come to the Lord with a heart of humility, and I'm going to say, Lord, teach me. Then he's going to teach me to pay attention to every day. He's going to teach me to make every day count for the glory of God. I'm not going to waste time. Time's not going to slip through my fingers. And I'm going to have a grasp on my life. And then what's going to be the result? That you would get a heart of wisdom. Now, let me ask you a question. What is wisdom? How would you define wisdom? See, in our culture, especially with our devices, especially with our technology, especially with what the internet has done, knowledge is everywhere. Is this not the age of knowledge? Everyone has knowledge. Everyone has access to knowledge. But knowledge is not wisdom. Wisdom is when you know how to apply knowledge. That's wisdom. And you know what the good gospel news is? God loves wisdom so much so that in James chapter 1, verse 5, God says, if anyone lacks in wisdom, let him ask of God, and he'll give it generously. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God he doesn't ask me what my IQ is. He doesn't ask me how smart I am. He doesn't ask me how well I analyze situations. No. He says, Chad, you want wisdom? I'll give it to you generously because it's a gift from heaven. He wants you to live as a wise person. He wants you to live in wisdom. He wants you to enjoy your days on the earth. He wants you to be blessed in the days you have on the earth. And how do you obtain those blessings? I'll tell you the biblical way you obtain it. With wisdom. And where does wisdom come from? 
When we humble ourselves to God, who generously gives wisdom to anyone who lacks, James 1.5, when you're a humble enough person that God can bless you with wisdom, you'll apply it in the numbering of your days, and you'll get a heart that's full of wisdom. Can we say amen? What would your decisions look like right now, the decisions you have to make? What would they look like if you applied God's wisdom to it? Not your own wisdom, not your parents' wisdom, not your friends' wisdom, God's wisdom. How would your choices change if you had a heart of wisdom? How would you get clarity? You can raise your hand if you want, but I can't see you because I'm blind. But how many of you right now, you're in a place of confusion. You don't know what to do. You don't know what the right answer is. You don't know what the right choice is. You're not sure what to choose. And it's got you just bound up and you just knotted up like a pretzel. You don't know what to do. What would happen if you had a heart of wisdom? You would know what to do. Why? Because God would show you. Humble yourself. Say, Lord, teach me. I'm but dust, Lord. I'm a blade of grass, Lord. I'm here today and gone tomorrow. I'm but a dream. I'm like a flood being swept away. My secret sin is exposed in the light of your presence. God, I need you. Because you're everlasting to everlasting. Teach me how to live. Do you see the difference? I don't know about you, but I think Moses had it right. Verse number 14. This is my favorite part of the psalm. Verse number 14 teaches, Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love. Boy, I quote this verse so many mornings. I'll rise early. I always say, Don't face your day until you've been face to face with the Lord. I'll rise early to meet with God. And I'll quote this psalm. I'll say, Lord, satisfy me with your love, with your steadfast love early in the mornings. My mornings are very special to me because I meet with the Lord. Are you satisfied with God? There was a season in my life around 2007 probably really from 06 to the end of 07, maybe 08. There was a season in my life where Satan fed me a lie, and I believed it. I believed it. I was single. I was trying to do this church, which was very heavy plowing. We didn't have many people at all. I was trying to run a business. I was traveling all over the world doing missions. I would do a mission trip and barely get it all paid for by the skin of my teeth and have all kinds of bills waiting for me when I got home and not knowing how I was going to keep my head out from underwater. And I'd already start planning the next trip on the plane ride home. And one day, I'll never forget it, I was coming home from Vietnam. 
I smuggled Bibles to pastors in Vietnam that year. And I'll never forget it. I was exhausted. How many of you know what it is to be exhausted, uh, exhausted mentally? How many of you have ever been exhausted emotionally? Exhausted spiritually. That's where I was. And Satan sat right in the seat beside me, so it seemed. And here's what he told me. He said, God's angry at you. I was tired and exhausted enough that I listened. He said, God's angry at you because you're never satisfied. You go from one project to the next project. You go from one trip to the next trip. Here you've had a successful trip and you're not satisfied. You're planning the next one. You're never happy. You're never content. And you've angered God. And he told me the worst lie he's ever told me. He said, you better stop praying. Because the only thing you ever do is ask God for things. And he's mad about it. It put me in a dark season. I believed it. Because I didn't feel content. I knew in my heart I didn't feel satisfied. I knew in my heart something was wrong. And I believed it. I remember it went months. And I was struggling hard. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget when God broke through that lie of the enemy. And I remember God telling me, I remember God saying, Chad, you don't know how many people never pray to me. They never talk to me. They use my name in vain over everything that's wrong in their life. And God said, Chad, I love it when you ask me for things. I love it when you put your faith to the test. God said, you talk to me anytime about everything and ask me about anything you desire. Because I love it when you talk to me. And he broke through that lie of the enemy. Amen? And you know how I climbed out of that valley of despair? Do you know how I climbed out of that dark hole? Anybody ever heard this song? Fill my cup, Lord. Do you know that one? I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench. This thirsting of my soul, bread of heaven, feed me till I won't no more. Here's my cup, fill it up and make me And I would lift my cup to the Lord. And I would say, Lord, only you can satisfy. Have you ever been super thirsty? And you drank something other than water? And you stayed thirsty? What's the glory of water? It quenches. What's the glory of bread? It satisfies. And do you know what God will do in your life? He'll quench every thirst. He'll satisfy every longing. He's the water of life. He's the bread of life. Amen. And substituting him for anything else in life is like being in a desert and drinking water, but not knowing all it is is sand. 
and it leaves you more thirsty. Many of you listening today, you're chasing after mirages. And what you think is water is in reality sand. What will God satisfy you with? His love. Jeremiah says we've been, that he's loved us with an everlasting love. Amen. Do you have that love today? Are you being satisfied? What's he say? What's the verse say? From the morning. In the morning, satisfy us with your steadfast love. Let me tell you, my friend, you can do nothing to make God love you more, and you can do nothing to make God love you less. God loves you, period. Be satisfied in Him. And what's He say? When we're satisfied in God, He makes all of our days glad. A hundred years from now, August 28, 21, 22. One hundred years from today, let me ask you, what is not going to matter? The bills you're facing, the debt you're under, The pressures you face, the stress you feel, the grudges that you won't let go of. Those things will not matter a hundred years from today. Why are you letting it affect today? My friend Joe Heron asked me a question this week. We were talking about this while enjoying lunch together. And Joe asked me such an intriguing question. He said, Chad, what were you struggling with and what were you praying about seven months and ten days ago? Uh, You got me, Joe. I don't know. Seven months, ten days. I've slept a lot of nights since then. I have no idea. And you know what he said? He said, then why are you going to be worried seven months and ten days from now? It's not going to matter either. God's going to take care of that seven months and ten days from today, just like he took care of seven months and ten days past. Why? He's everlasting to everlasting. You know it's God's will for you to enjoy your days. You know it's God's will for you to be glad. That don't mean everything's a rose garden. My little boy, Hudson, I told you he's five. He sat on my lap yesterday and he was telling me some Bible stories he knows, and it was so cute. And we're talking about Jesus healing blind Bartimaeus. He can't say Bartimaeus real good. You should ask him to say it. It's really cute. <laughs> and he said, Daddy, why don't God heal your eyes? Why don't he not make you blind? Isn't that a great question from a five-year-old? And you know what the answer is? The answer is, Lord, teach us to number our days that we'll have a heart of wisdom. That in you, our hearts will be satisfied. I may face blindness, but let me tell you, I have the gladness of God all over my life. I enjoy every single day. I squeeze out of the day all the joy I can squeeze out of it. Why? 
Because it's God's will that even though I walk through the fiery trial, even though I face the refiner's fire, even though I walk through the valleys, it is God's will that I be glad. Count it all. What? Joy. Amen. And it's God's will that you be glad as well. It's God's will that you be joyful. Now, will God make you happy? Oh, beware. Happiness depends on the way things happen in your life. God's not interested in happiness. He's interested in joy. Joy transcends happiness. The circumstances of my life can yo-yo up and down and up and down. And that doesn't matter. That don't affect my joy. My joy is consistent. Because you know what my joy is based on? God's everlasting love. Trials don't change those things. Sorrow doesn't change those things. Loneliness doesn't change those things. Heartache doesn't change those things. Those things are consistent. Amen. Verses 16 and 17, and this is where I close. What's the result of a life and a heart of wisdom? Well, this is quite beautiful. He says, verse 16, show your works to your servant. That reminds me of Psalm 103. The Bible says Israel knew the acts of God, but Moses knew the ways of God. In other words, Israel saw what God was doing, but Moses understood why God was doing it. See, that's what I want to do in the trials of my life. I not only want to know what God's doing, I want to know the why behind it. That's a heart of wisdom. Show your works to your servants, your glorious power to their children in that your heart for your children for your grandchildren for your great grandchildren oh Moses had it oh in verse 17 <laughs> let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the works of our hands friends that's a life that's a heart of wisdom you know what I think Moses is saying? I think he's saying live for eternity. It was said of Jonathan Edwards that he lived every day of his life in view of eternity. They even said he had eternity stamped on his eyeball because he saw everything in light of eternity. Let the favor of the Lord God be upon us establish the works of our hands. In other words, make your life count for eternity. Make your work count for eternity. Make your parenting count for eternity. Make your marriage count for eternity. Make everything you do. Paul said it like this, whether we eat, whether we drink, Whatsoever things we do, do it all to the glory of God. Amen. Are you living for eternity today? Psalm 90 helps us take the 30,000 foot view of our life. Sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees. And you get all caught up in all this pressure. You get caught up in all this strife. You get caught up in all these arguments. You get caught up in all of the noise. And Psalm 90 gives us the 30,000 foot view. It says, no. Be humble. Be teachable. Learn to number your days. Why? That you would gain a heart of wisdom. And what will that heart of wisdom produce? 
it will bring a contentment into your life, that it will satisfy you all the days of your life, and all your days will be filled with God's gladness. Oh, I don't know about you, but I want that. Amen. Give me that. Give me the gladness of God. Give me the satisfaction of His steadfast love. Fill me, God. Here's my cup. Fill it up and make me whole. Have you signed up for my weekly devotional email? Every Tuesday, I send out a devotion that will help you grow in your faith. Go to my website, awakentograce.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and when you sign up and submit your email, you'll get a direct message from me every Tuesday. Sign up today at awakentograce.com.